Hello all, and welcome back to another episode of Movies and Us, a weekly gathering place filled with conversations about movies, stories, and connection. My name is Jennifer Hahn. And I'm Sarah Callen. And today we're going to be reviewing the A24 film, Past Lives. Sarah, do you want to kick us off with an IMDb summary for Past Lives? Sure. Nora and Sung, two deeply connected childhood friends, are wrested apart after Nora's family emigrates from South Korea. 20 years later, they are reunited for one fateful week as they confront notions of love and destiny. All right. So let's start off with our one-sentence summaries for past lives. Sarah, what was yours? Mine is, how do you respond when the past and present collide? Ooh. Yes, this is this poses a fabulous question that this movie also seems to try and answer. Mm-hmm. And I can't glean how you feel about this movie yet. So good job yes. building some intrigue. <laughs> always trying to build some tension here, you know. Yeah, I always love it when you do that, but I also am like impatient. So this doesn't put on. Like, I want to know. Tell me the answer. I mean, good thing you only have to wait like 30 to 40 <laughs> more seconds. 30. So you you will have some self-gratification <laughs> in a moment. Oh, thank goodness. I could only wait 30 seconds. Not a, <laughs> not a second longer. <laughs> um, my one sentence summary is, there weren't enough in young layers for me in this movie in a past life. Oh. <laughs> I am I am very intrigued. Yeah, I think this will be a really fun and interesting episode and conversation. I am so excited. Me too. Okay, let's go. (laughs) Okay. Um, Because I can't wait any longer and my impatience is rising. Sarah, tell me your thoughts about past lives. And in this first section, we will not spoil this movie. Yeah, I I really enjoyed this movie, which kind of surprises me. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. because it's it's labeled a romance but I didn't really like view it through that lens Mm -hmm. uh but yeah this movie really worked for me I was I was sucked in honestly uh the film opens with random like bystanders people watching and playing the who do you think they are game and that (laughs) hooked me in because I love playing that game you felt great I did I felt very scene it was great I loved that but uh I think I think some of the the themes that this film explores are really interesting to me and I just enjoyed spending time with with Nora and learning more about her and how she's just processing through everything that she's experiencing uh and and I like that this film really made me think afterwards and gave me some some food for thought uh it's just really meditative and contemplative, and I, I really appreciated that aspect of this film. So, yeah, had a great time. Would happily watch again. Fascinating. Oh, my goodness. I'm excited to dive into the things that you lingered on and your thoughts after this movie, too. It sounds like there's quite some themes that you were thinking about. Okay, well, uh, as I mentioned in my one-sentence summary – Perhaps this is the beginning of building in young layers for my future lives with this movie. Uh, I really wanted to love this movie. I have to say, I I really I I, I was excited. I and you know we we were talking about this movie for the past couple of months um, when it came out. There was a lot of really great energy around it, um, especially in the film community. It also is just. A, a beautifully like contemplative A24 film which usually just absolutely tugs on my heartstrings and draws me in but I I did not enjoy this movie and a lot of it is because of the character development um I think visually and and from a filmmaking perspective this movie is absolutely captivating it is incredibly poetic there's so much happening in the visuals and the score um but I, I needed more from the characters to be grounded in in the beginning of the film. And because the rest of the trajectory of the film is so anchored in these two people, that it was really hard for me to get on board 
with the rest of their journey that they go on. Um, there's some things and, and moments that happen in the third act that I just feel spicy about. So I just feel some type of way <laughs> that we can talk Ooh, about when we get okay. to that section. Um, specifically in some of the lines and decisions that Nora makes that I just was like, what are you doing, woman? Uh, but yeah, I, I think thematically this is about an immigrant story. And I think that a lot of the framing is through these two men. Like in a lot of ways, they don't feel like like they, they are representatives of the sides of Nora and the choices that she makes to continue to grow in one direction while acknowledging and, and appreciating a lot of the things in her roots of where she came from. And so I thought that was like a pretty interesting theme for us to talk about. But overall, there were, there were moments where I found the characters that I think I was supposed to be rooting for um, a little frustrating in some ways. And so we can talk a little bit more about that when we get into spoiler territory. I am so intrigued. Ooh, this is going to be a great yeah. conversation. <laughs> I think this will be really fun. Okay, well, let's include a spoiler here. So if you haven't seen Past Lives yet, we recommend checking it out. It's available to rent on a whole bunch of streaming platforms. Please watch this movie before continuing to listen. Okay, where shall we start first? Honestly, I want your spiciness. Okay. <laughs> but are you ready to start with spicy or should we I Let's start there so I can unleash that and then at least yes. end Maybe we end on high. I don't know. Maybe we keep the spice. So in general with movies that that have a character who is married uh, really kind of entertaining many different ideas and other options and, and past lovers and all that kind of stuff, like I just, I just get fired up about. But I know life is messy and emotions are messy and so all of that is – very like I, I get it I get it I feel some type of way the whole time that I just want to yell at the characters but it's fine like I, emotions are weird and wild and especially when it's from someone that's so deep into your past but the bar scene the bar scene really irked me for two reasons one why are they having this incredibly intimate conversation with her husband sitting yeah. right next to her I mm -hmm. just think that is so rude disrespectful and and so not honoring of the person that you're with i understand that these motions are difficult you need to like sort them out but like maybe she felt like it was respectful because she's bringing her husband into it and they're not doing it in secretive and in private but the whole time i was just like arthur is so gracious throughout this mm -hmm. entire dang movie yeah. he is a superhero like he the way that he holds space for her and allows her to process and gives her so much room to explore so many of his emotions and just kind of pushes his his jealousies and his feelings for her aside in order to give her space I'm just like Arthur is a champ throughout this movie but I just felt like these two people are having this incredibly intimate conversation about their future, their lives, their feelings for each other that they won't choose to continue to explore. So there's that piece. Then they do it in another language, which I think in general, when when people are together and two people like speak a different language, the general respect code is like to try and speak in the collective language because it's it feels very othering and and exclusive to just talk in your own secret language and and there's some there's some aspects of this of just you know there's a comfort level there's a there's a way that people communicate but when you're in a group setting it's really rude when people do that and it gets on my nerves so there's that whole added factor on top of the fact that they're talking about their feelings in front of her husband that I was just like I have so many questions for both of you okay and I think I hold I judge Nora more harshly for it in this in this bar scene conversation than him for whatever reason. And maybe I need to examine why that's the case for me. But because she is the person that is actually married to Arthur, 
And like, mm-hmm. this is your relationship and this is your person that you are bringing into this. So I think there's a larger responsibility that she has to put her husband in that situation. So TLDR is Arthur is a true hero of this movie, okay? <laughs> His graciousness is unparalleled, unparalleled. Yeah, no, I I totally agree about Arthur. And I, I do want to talk about him because I think there's some really interesting things that the film does with that character. Um, yeah, that, that bar scene, like I totally get where you're coming from. I think I read that as as like you know when you you encounter somebody from your past again and then you just kind of like slip back into who you were when you knew them uh that's kind of how I read that bar scene was that she just got kind of caught up in it and and wasn't really thinking uh so I I think maybe I'm maybe extending more grace to her you are (laughs) uh because I I didn't I didn't read too much into it I just I I thought that she got kind of like swept up in the moment and I mean that's I feel like that's happened to all of us before like we've we we hang out with somebody again after so many years and it's like oh my gosh everything else kind of stops existing for a minute and you get like caught up in that uh and so I I I think because their relationship doesn't go any further than that I'm willing to give her the benefit of the doubt, even though what she does isn't great. Like she should have done better in that moment. But I I just saw that as a really human moment that I know that I could definitely relate to, even though I haven't been in that exact situation before. Mm. Yeah. It's just so funny because (laughs) the, the roles are flipped in us this time. Yeah, I love it. You're like, oh, but she just got swept up in the moment. I'm like, no, you need to make better choices to honor <laughs> yeah. your marriage, woman. Yeah, it's true. You know? And and they are both so aware. Like she says explicitly to her husband, he came here for me. And so I I think I because she has some level of understanding of that and she's not absolutely clueless of just, hey, this is like we're just exploring or reminiscing. She's aware of what's happening. And she's still choosing to put herself in these situations. Leave that door yeah. open to explore yeah. that, to let the crack open. Like, I just think that they need to do better to honor the person that they're with. Yeah, it was even wild to me that they chose to go out and hang out with him together after <laughs> that. Like, because she comes home so and, and she says, he's here for me. And then they have that really, really honest conversation which I really appreciated. I was like, oh, y'all are, y'all are going some places in this conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they all go out together. It's like, oh my gosh, this is the most awkward dinner drinks thing ever. Because of course there's like a language barrier and mm-hmm. all of these emotional layers. I'm yeah. like, oh, this is awkward. Yeah. Why would you put yourself into this situation? But also, I kind of get why you would put yourself in this situation. So, yeah, I really, I wanted to get out of the dinner and wanted to get out of the bar just because of the pure awkwardness of it all. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which is probably, like, the the awkwardness we feel is, like, but a 0.2% of how much awkwardness Arthur is feeling. Yes. I just need justice yeah. for Arthur, Okay. <laughs> Okay, there's a shot of him after that bar scene of him paying the bill, which seems to suggest that he has paid the bill for them, (laughs) for this man that has like waltzed in to his wife's life. And he is still kind and gracious and says, yes, when 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 um, um, when uh, Haesung is leaving and he's like, come visit me in Korea. And Arthur says, a simple definitely. And like, mm-hmm. lock it in, people. This is this is the this is the graciousness <laughs> and kindness and uh patience that we all need. You know, he is the true hero of this movie. It's yeah. Unfair to absolutely. Him. Yes. Yeah. And just his his steadiness and his yeah. willingness to just 
to to a to like help Nora explore this part of her even though his, it's yes. yeah like almost at his expense yeah. and I, I think that that's really fascinating and and not something that you you usually see in a movie I feel mm-hmm. like a lot of times in this type of film it's like the 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 person goes back to their past person in secret and and then there's this like dual track situation happening so the fact that yes. Arthur knew what was going on with Nora and they were able to talk about it I think makes me appreciate him more and makes me appreciate their relationship even more yeah that is very true that is very true there is a moment where she comes back from meeting him for the first time and they're explicitly flirting the whole time okay and then she comes back and he Arthur asks um how did it go and there's a long pause and my brain was like what she says in this moment is going to be so character revealing you know yeah because the other version of this movie is she's like oh it was fine we just caught up you know but she explicitly makes it pretty clear that there's feelings and emotions that she has and also that he has for her when she says he came here for me so i guess that's good although that bar seems very low like, good job. You didn't go and reunite with your ex-lover in secret. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I just loved that there was that opportunity to have that really, really honest conversation. And even though it it hurt Arthur and he was feeling all sorts of big feelings during that conversation, they they didn't run from that, but they ran towards each other and they, like, got to have even more of a vulnerable conversation so it was it was this opportunity for for her relationship with Sung to separate them but instead it it almost drew them closer together so I really appreciated mm. that scene and how that was constructed and we got to learn more about how Nora and Arthur got together and how their relationship has evolved over time as well so we learn their history they have history too. It's not just Nora and Sung that have history, but Nora and mm-hmm. Arthur do too. It just looks different. And so I like that we got to see both of them almost side by side uh, in that, you know, brief date day into their real conversation at night. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There's a level of openness that they can have with each other. I think also the the scene with them talking in bed at night was also pretty illuminating around their relationship. Um, here's another moment that I was frustrated with, which is, this is just going to be me being frustrated for an hour. Okay. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> it's, it's nice to be not the one who's frustrated. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. So there he's talking about basically, um, are you going to, are you going to like, basically leave with him and whatnot. And there's this whole other part of you that I don't understand, blah, blah, blah. Um, and Arthur is expressing that he sees that there's a risk here and he feels, he feels some type of way about it. And Nora goes, I'm not going to throw away my rehearsals for some dude. And my brain was like, your rehearsals? What about your husband? <laughs> like, and she says this to him? And so I, I just thought that was such an interesting, call it a Freudian slip or whatever it is, but there's this weird sense of priorities in her mind. And that's why, that's the moment where I was like, interesting that I think that Arthur and um, Haesung are two men in her life, but they almost represent different things to her. They represent different sides of her. They draw different sides of her. And so they are in a way um framed in terms of her life in America the, her her passions her ambitions uh for writing that Arthur has supported and understands deeply versus her roots and her past in Korea and so that is the moment that shifted for me because I was like you've called this you said I'm not going to throw away my rehearsals and mixed up into that is obviously basically this life with Arthur. But her work choice is like very fascinating to me. And I was like, 
if I'm Arthur, I'm like, hello? <laughs> hello? <laughs> I'm here too. Um, and so it's just, a, it's like a priority, a prioritization in her mind of what life here represents to her, which includes Arthur, but really like the word she's chosen is her careers and her, her um, writing and all of that, her plays. That's what came to mind to come out in that sentence. See, that's so interesting because I read that exchange a little bit differently mm-hmm. because because it's it's framed with like you know me because his whole thing is like I can't access this deeper part of you and so do I even like know you and so then she says yeah you know me I wouldn't you know miss my rehearsals for this dude so I I took it almost as like a like a like an inside joke is is kind of how I read that as opposed to I am staying because I have rehearsals. I think that that was just an example of, you know, every part of me. And this is just one, uh, one thing that you know about who I am as a person. You know what drives me. You know, you know, how much I care about the life that we have made together you know you know so I just I I saw that as like an inside joke or like a shorthand or something like that as opposed to this like her work is her priority which I don't know maybe again mine might be too generous of a reading (laughs) but no that's that's super interesting I hadn't thought about it as that line being like super literal Mm, interesting interesting but I think it 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 represents to me how this, uh, and of course we see just a, a certain se- series of segments of of their lives together. But I feel like there's so much that revolves around Nora and their relationship, and mm-hmm. the way they they both connect on their passion for writing and whatnot. But so much is revolving around her and how he serves her and 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 maybe that's maybe that's the the just screenwriting choices I understand that this movie's about her journey but um I think it makes it comes off to me as her having so much slack to make so many of these decisions and and to choose the things that she needs and so it doesn't feel balanced like Arthur's there to serve her ambitions He's there to provide grace for her and space for her. Like it's, it's, she seems to um, have so much that is revolving around her and their, and their relationship and their dynamic together, um, which I just felt like it was hard for me to get on board with. I think I, it, I, this also translates over to the relationship that she has with Haesung, which is so much of the first part of this movie. Um, I feel like I didn't know them as individual people and I only knew them in context of their relationship to each other. It's almost like we we spend so much time with them, but I still felt like I didn't know who they were. The defining trait for Nora is is basically that she wants to become a writer and we don't I didn't feel like I knew that much more about her and was like interested in other aspects of her. And then with Hesung too, like what what else do we know about him other than he has this past with Nora? So the characters to me were hard for me to get really engaged with, which I think was part of the challenge because the rest of the movie is basically a three-actor act, play just focused on these people and their their feelings and their emotions and this destiny that they believe in, which I, I, I think felt was like a flimsy foundation for the rest of the story to work for me. No, I, I get that. That makes sense to me. Uh, I I feel like I I knew Nora enough, um, and it might just be because I also have aspirations as a writer, and I am a pretty driven, ambitious person, and I will put like my work and my dreams above everything else. So there's like a lot of things that Nora has that I relate to. So maybe that was just easier for me to just go on this ride with her because I think so many of her character traits are ones that I share. Um, but I definitely felt that way about Hey Sung. Like I I 
knew that they had this pass, but the whole time I'm going like, why are you, why are you doing this? Like, I don't have this deep emotional attachment to him. You know, I don't think that he fits well into your life, into who you have become. So why are you doing this? And, and for me, it was satisfying to see her really come to that same conclusion uh, and making it clear, you know, the, the girl that he fell in love with isn't here anymore. And I, I think that her realizing that uh, made it satisfying for me. I think if she had gone further into reminiscing and, and trying to pursue Sung, then I would have some very strong feels about this movie. Um, but I, I also, I struggled with the Sung character. There wasn't enough there for me to understand why it was like, if I have Sung and Arthur compared to each other, I'm going to choose Arthur every time because I feel like I know him. I don't really know Sung other than their connection. So it, it did make it feel a little imbalanced for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's not that much more that we know. And, and there's so much exposition of their FaceTime or I guess it wasn't FaceTime, it was Skype. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Skype conversations where we still didn't learn that much about them. Like, and also the, the amount of like, I know there was like a, it was a montage, but people don't talk the way that they talk. The, 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 the way that they're so earnest with how they express their thoughts to each other, like (laughs) constantly. Yeah. Like I'm like, I don't, I, that didn't work for me at all, which really made it hard for me to believe in this connection that they have, because I actually think that the, the films that are able to create dialogue that isn't so on the nose and isn't so explicit with how human beings communicate work better because there's actually more that's able to be communicated about how they feel because they aren't exactly saying how they really feel. And it's easier for me to believe it. It's easier for me to buy into it. And it actually makes moments where they are speaking so raw and unfiltered and, and so earnestly feel that much more meaningful because there's a contrast like they they there's this dance that they're doing around with these little comments where we as the viewers know how they feel and and how they're expressing it and they both know but they aren't saying so explicitly like I miss you like the amount that it's like 20 minutes of like very earnest human expression and dialogue which was it's just not how human beings are you know like we don't we don't express that explicitly all the time and that seriously. Like all of their conversations are so intense and serious and like full expressions of their true hearts constantly. And that's a lot for 20 minutes of of montage, you know. And I think it actually reduces the impact of what this movie really wants to communicate, which is this like really deep connection that they have. It actually takes away from that for me personally. (laughs) <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I love that it was like too emotional. <laughs> you were like, no, get it away. <laughs> I'm like, who talks like this? I get if you want to do a scene or two, ooh, tug on the heartstrings. But yeah. the law of diminishing return is definitely at play here. <laughs> yeah, I was just thinking like oh wow like as a person who struggles to express my emotions uh like good job guys that's great Mm. thank you for being so forthcoming and in tune with uh with what you're feeling because that is not something that I'm good at so Mm -hmm. I was just like yeah man you if you are that emotionally aware go for it that's great make us all better please and I'm like I call bullshit I call bullshit. Yeah, that's fair. I don't buy it. <laughs> Therefore, I don't buy the characters. <laughs> it's the like logical steps that happened to my brain, <laughs> and we're only thirty minutes in this movie. I'm like, oh, no, man. we don't. Th- this is not real. <laughs> People don't talk this way. I love it. I love. I'm. I am shocked though that this didn't work for you. Yeah. It makes sense though. Like, I get it but I am, I am surprised. This is great. It really didn't work for me. I was so, so spicy the whole time. Okay. 
while we're on the topic of Haesung. Pet peeve, okay? Another soapbox that I see. Yes, please. Here is at the end of this movie, they've had this conversation. There is an understanding that they come to of like, yes, we are not meant for each other in this life. And then Homeboy wants to reopen this box that they've achieved closure in and be like, Mm -hmm. But are we sowing foundations for us to be together in a future life? Like, are we creating inyang for our future life? And I just think it's unhealthy. It's unhealthy for both of them. And it's it's incredibly unwise for him to reopen those questions and wonderings and reminiscing and nostalgia. Like, they both need to emotionally, like, understand the choices that they've made for their lives the circumstances that have ensued for their lives and begin to move forward. And so that's why it was heartbreaking for me to see Nora break down at the end when she ends up with Arthur because I just feel like the doom and gloom of like, this is going to be even harder for her. And Sung, if you really cared for her and loved her, would not make it harder for her. And, and to make it easier for her to emotionally move on and be happy and choose – her relationship that she has right now that she's chosen and they both agreed is what's best for them like for him to reopen those doors again not even for this life but just you know those questions again I just am like this is this is not wise for either of you and I don't think it's it's very loving for you to have done that and then create more emotional strife for Nora yeah yeah I totally agree I I think in that scene I again was more focused on Nora and and just throughout the film we've seen her make these choices especially with Haesung you know when they're when they're skyping very emotionally with each other you know and she she <laughs> very emotional it. skyping happens in this movie everyone <laughs> and then and then she decides to call it off and she sets that boundary and then here at the end is an opportunity for her to choose the opposite and to, to keep that door open. Uh, and she chooses to keep it firmly shut. Uh, and so I just, I really appreciated that for her as a character, that she had the strength to do that, uh, to keep with what they had decided, even though Sung was doing this really crappy thing. Um, I was just, I was impressed for her, with her for keeping that door shut and not even cracking it open a little bit. Um, and then the fact that it's followed up with her, you know, just sobbing into Arthur, like for, for me, that was, that was this sign of like Arthur being her safe space and where she can just like melt and doesn't Mm -hmm. have to be strong anymore. And so I, I thought that that was just a really sweet way to end it and, and showing, once again, the depth of their relationship as she is making a, a choice to like re-up her commitment to that relationship. I don't know. I just, I, I thought that that was a really good way to end it, even though it's pretty crappy for both of them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think that, um, again, emotions are weird and complicated and we don't, as human beings, don't don't behave rationally and 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 we don't make good choices basically but i think it's like also further confirmation that shows the contrast between arthur and haesung like mm-hmm. they are really foils yeah. to each other because haesung is so emotionally driven by his choices arthur is not right like arthur is willing to be stable and 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 strong and and a foundation for her and and i think what's fascinating is that arthur also expresses his hurts like he he did he's not brushing it on the rug he expresses pretty clearly to nora this is hard for me and of course i don't like this right but yet he chooses to put that aside and not erupt out of those emotions and so that he is able to give that space for Nora to to explore and 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 
find what she needs. I mean, he even says it to Heisung when they're at that bar, and I guess she's in the bathroom or she's somewhere else where he says, this was like like this was right for both of you. This was good for both of you. And he can see that and he chooses that despite his own feelings. Heisung can't like he actually does the opposite. I think maybe he doesn't see what's good for Nora, but if he were to really see and love her better and more clearly, he would see that what she needs right now is to be pushed and, and nudged into and fully given to her other life and to not keep giving her these like open doors and open channels in her brain to go back and wander to and wonder to what life could be like with him. That's what she needs. But he's not, he's, he's driven by his emotions and his feelings for her. And what it ends up doing is I think hurting her in more ways because he's, he's, he's caught up in what he feels in that moment right before he gets in the Uber is his curiosities. That's not what she needs to hear right now. You know, and so I think it further shows the difference in in selflessness, in maturity levels, in the ability for them to choose wisely for the person that they care about. Further foil, further creates that gap between um, Arthur and his son as foils to each other. Mm-hmm. No, that's so good, and I I think they both also. The the thing that I was that I kept thinking about is the 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 difference between fantasy and reality, yeah. you know. And so it's this like what could have been with Nora and Haesung and the reality of the life that she has with mm-hmm. Arthur, and we see her, you know, giving into that fantasy for a little bit and and hanging out with Haesung and, and, and reminiscing and doing all of the things, but then seeing the, the beauty amidst the difficulty of the reality of her relationship with Arthur. And, and I, I like the way that the film is contrasting those two things. And we see that she lands on solid ground. She lands back in reality and, and presumably comes to appreciate her, her marriage with Arthur even more after this whole interaction. And I just, I, I appreciated that because I feel like so many films with a similar plot line lean fully into the what ifs and lean fully into the fantasy and, and make it into this grand, beautiful thing. And so then they give up the reality that they've built and they go and live in the fantasy. And I, I don't know, I, I like that this film accepts that each choice has like positives and negatives and and each choice requires sacrifice but also opens up the potential for something else and we see Nora fully accepting those choices and embracing her reality instead of running away into the fantasy and I thought I thought that that was really good and and a helpful thing to have when we we usually don't see that in films. Mm, yeah, that's so good. It uh, reminds me a lot of Everything Everywhere All at Once, which I was thinking mm, a lot about mm-hmm. in this movie, uh, especially during the bar scene where they're talking about like, what if in, our, in another life we were, you know, um, in a political relationship and we hated each other and what if we were blah 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 Mm. and they're like Mm -hmm. imagining all the other versions of themselves and everything everywhere all at once one of you know that subplot line around um, Michelle Yeoh's character and her and her husband and what they would be like in other strands of the multiverse it's very in line with the themes in this movie as well around like wondering what another version of yourself would be like and who they would end up with and what kind of life that they would build. And um, I think that there's the fact that these movies have come out as of late and, and then just in general, the idea of the multiverse has come uh, with full force in our current uh, art and storytelling is like pretty fascinating to me. There's something there around wondering about our circumstances in our other lifetimes that seems to be resonating and seems to be a place that, creators are also letting their minds wander to and I I wonder I just wonder why that is it feels kind of um interestingly reflective of maybe where 
our psyches at as a culture that we wonder about our other selves and our other lifetimes. Um, maybe it's nostalgia. Maybe it's um, the comfort of fantasy. Maybe it's escapism. Like, I don't know, but there's something there. There's a there there, you know, that I think is interesting to think about. And I, I love that this movie's version is Inyan, which is ancient and, and this long-standing concept. And we're able to see that same concept showing up in our world today in the multiverse. So this is, this is a pattern that has existed across centuries and across cultures. And yet we are still somehow fascinated with this idea of other versions of us and, and what they are doing, past selves, future selves, however you want to however you want to frame it, but it, it is interesting that there is this human desire to imagine what could have been or what might be, and then we just frame it in different ways depending on our context and our time and our culture. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which in a meta way, movies are just multiverses for us to mm-hmm. like dip our little toes yep. into for – <laughs> two hours and then emerge back into our strand that we are in right now. You know, like it's it scratches that same itch, that same desire for fantasy and wondering about what other li- lives that uh, we haven't lived, but that we get to live for really you know, two hours. So, yeah, there's something there's something fascinating there for sure. Mm-hmm. It is fun to be able to explore like what if you know in our own own lives and then like you said like with movies inhabit another story for a little while and Mm -hmm. and and live their life essentially for two hours that's it's such a cool thing that that we're able to do with with stories with language now with with movies and tv and all of these things uh that we are able to create these 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 other worlds, these other experiences that we can live in for a little bit and and learn and grow and, I don't know, reflect on our own worlds all because of a story. It's, it's incredibly powerful. It's so cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And I think what's important that I, I, I think was, was good in this film that Nora makes a decision that I think made Heisen's you know, final scene more frustrating to me is that ultimately the the entertaining of those ideas isn't is you know natural human instinct, but we ultimately have to choose to commit ourselves mm-hmm. to the lives to the people that we've been given, and that there's a there's a amount that we no longer should be allowing ourselves to wander into the what ifs. And there are consequences to them. And I think that's maybe why um, certain moments in, the scene, in this movie were frustrating to me because the consequences of that, I think, are not insignificant. And it's it's easy to focus on the excitement of the what-ifs and, and, and not all of that, but the, ultimately that there's, there's open doors that, that are no longer healthy to keep open and they're like – choices and commitments that you need to make to the the strand of the multiverse that you're in and I think that's that's certain that's why certain aspects of this movie felt more frustrating and and ultimately that the choice that they make that when this movie was going on I was like there's only one version of this ending that I'm going to be satisfied with Mm -hmm. and yep if they make any other choice I'm going to be really way more spicy than I already am um but I, I think that that's a key aspect of everything ever all at once theme as well, which is that ultimately it's all those other versions of Michelle Yeoh and, and her husband's life exist, but she chooses the small little one that they have, the little peaceful life that they've built in this multiverse. You know, that's what we ultimately need to land on. Mm-hmm. No, that's that's really good. And I, I, I think... I when I was watching past lives I think I was comparing it to other like romantic films 
which I think are often Mm, toxic and very, very problematic. So I think I had lower expectations for this film Mm. um, as opposed to actually viewing it within the context of real life. You know, like I I set my my bar lower (laughs) than I think you did, (laughs) uh, which I think affects my experience with this film because it it didn't I mean yeah there are some like tropey bits but it it avoids some of the big potholes that we often see in other romantic films and and I was appreciative of that uh but when I compare it to real life is when it becomes a bit more problematic (laughs) Mm. that is fascinating yeah because this past lives is the closer to better decision-making version of The Notebook, right? Thematically, (laughs) yeah, the same. Yeah, Thematically, honestly, structurally, the same. Same, same. (laughs) Boy from past, Mm -hmm. from your younger self, Mm -hmm. emerges out of the woodworks. You entertain Builds her a house. Builds her a (laughs) house. But he built her a house, Jen. You're supposed to love him because he built a house. It's so stupid. <laughs> Thankfully, Sung did not build Nora a house. So no, but he did get fine. on like a 16-hour flight. So, you know. Hey man, he he missed his dream. shot. She gave him so many opportunities to shoot his shot 12 that's years true. ago. And he that's did true. not take any of those shots. So he <laughs> took a 16-hour flight 12 years too late. Suck it up, buddy. Like... <laughs> He didn't build her a house, so she couldn't choose him. These are the rules of the notebook universe. That is true. That is true. That is true. And I think Lon and Arthur need to, you know, like go out for some beers together and just rant together. (laughs) A little support group situation happening there, you know? (laughs) Amazing. We got it. Yeah. Yeah. So, no, that's that's a fabulous point, though, which is that a lot of other romantic movies would go so much farther. Like as far as how much Nora and Heisung explore their connection and their past and all that kind of stuff, they would make a lot more uh, egregious choices <laughs> than they do in this movie. So maybe that's what it is. You watch this movie comparing it to uh, other romantic movies mm-hmm. like The Notebook. Yes. And I was comparing it to choices that – human beings make yes. and then that first of all neither of these two people behave like human beings <laughs> so there's that so we're building on They're that robots it's mm-hmm. it's robot love it's different <laughs> yeah all right uh other things that that you found your your thoughts really dwelling on after the movie ended or maybe during the movie uh, okay, so since you love Arthur so much, can we talk about Arthur some more? Um, I I really appreciated his character as as a white person <laughs> because he I think represents a, a a good depiction of an ally, and I feel like we don't get a lot of those. Um, we're we're starting to see that more and more in film and TV, but we don't have a lot to choose from but I feel like Arthur is a good example of that and I I feel like it's also an example of what it is like to be in a relationship of a person of a different ethnicity uh, or country of origin and I I love the way that he he loves Nora for who she is and he also takes time to appreciate and learn where she came from and he has gone out of his way to embrace parts of her culture instead of just accepting her to fully assimilate to being an American. And so I, I love those little things that were included throughout where we learn just how, how, how loving he is to her and how he wants to learn more about Korea and and learn Korean even so that he can he can communicate to her better and and in a different way so it's just I love those little moments of what it looks like to to honor somebody's culture and embrace them for who they are all at the same time 
Homeboy wants to learn even more Korean to understand her sleep talking. Adorable. Wow. I mean, that's no, I intense, that's really man. And, and I think what I also appreciate about him is that he has the humility to recognize that there's parts of her that he will never understand mm-hmm. and doesn't expect to or try to like pretend to know every aspect of her and especially like her life back in Korea and that journey of immigrating like he's he's very clear-eyed about the fact that he may never understand fully but he will try and that effort and that um and that time and investment is how he can love her it's not it's not even attempting to try and understand every aspect but the humility to know that and express that so clearly I thought was really fabulous as well because I think sometimes when people put in the effort then they assume that they've they now know and they and they can understand and they kind of give themselves a pat on the back and 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 assume that that's enough and that there's a fullness that they know about you now and I, I appreciate that he was like I'm gonna do all these things but I also will never know fully and um there's a whole life that you had that I don't even understand as well you know like that humility to recognize that I thought was really great mm-hmm. yeah and that that willingness to learn the willingness to be wrong even like I I loved when he was trying to speak in Korean to Sung, and Sung could not understand what he was saying because his Korean was so bad mm-hmm. but that didn't dissuade Arthur from continuing to try and I mm-hmm. I thought again that was just another good character revealing moment of like you said his humility but his his willingness not to give up even when he's uncomfortable or when things aren't going right mm-hmm. yep yep and I think he also in that scene when they're talking in bed late at night um I think he sends something along the lines over to the gist of like there are aspects that Heisan can probably give you that I, I know I can't and I thought that was just like, again, the humility to be able to express that so clearly as a man, like we don't see that often, you know, like there's often this peacocking and this posturing and, um, you know, they both try and be everything to Nora and he's secure enough in himself to know what he can give her and the things that he can't. And I thought that was really great as well. Just not even the the like intercultural bridge, but just as a uh, man to be able to say clearly, there's aspects that I can't give you and I'm aware of them and, and can express that clearly, but I'm secure in these other areas that I know I can provide for you. I thought that was really great as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I- he pays for the drinks at the bar for her ex-lover. <laughs> like, come on. What a stand-up dude, you know? <laughs> and like... I he's he's a an author she's a playwright they're living in this crappy apartment in Manhattan or something and uh I mean you gotta imagine that money is tight so -hmm. like how much of their monthly eating out budget did they spend on (laughs) having dinner and drinks with Haesung like that's a pretty big sacrifice right there Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. it's a whole ruined evening of awkwardness and you don't have that money to spend on future date nights with just you and her where you're not yeah. third wheeling it up. I mean, that's a, that's a big sacrifice there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I thought it was also so fascinating that when she's not present and she's, you know, at the loo or whatnot and they have that conversation, I thought it was interesting that both of them were not explicitly territorial. I think that that's yeah. – what would easily happen in another version of this movie is that these two men are like kind of side-eyeing each other, you know, and like territorial and Nora becomes like this piece of um, property that both of them are trying to like claim their ownership of. And both of them felt so like hands wide open of it's her, it's, it's about her, it's her choices. And neither of them feel the need to like posture with each other. I just thought that was like, commendable for both of them mm-hmm. yeah there's there's not really toxic masculinity in this film which yeah. was really a breath of 
fresher. Because yes. <laughs> I, I feel like, again, like the other versions of this movie are these two dudes fighting over this chick. Yep. And instead, this movie is not about that. This movie is about Nora and her exploring these two sides of her and ultimately choosing the right choice. Um, so it was, again, nice to see male characters that don't have to have this like toxic bravado that we so often see in movies. Yeah. And I think it's, it's um, more impressive that Arthur is, is who's, who's assumedly grown up in the U S that, and is around that type of peacocking more, more prevalently in our culture and Western culture. I just thought that like, his ability to still be so giving and and um, calm and stable about it. I just thought it was really great. I mean, mm-hmm. the bar is so low. It's like, yes, this should be – this should this should not feel so impressive to us. But you're right, right in that most – well, not most. A lot of romance movies, like we don't see any of this type of behavior at all. So it feels like the bar is very low. <laughs> You know? Yeah. Yeah, the bar is quite low. We have had a lot of bad examples of of romance in movies. And yeah. and I feel like a lot of times they're very toxic. They're dysfunctional. We're making choices that are going to be very, very bad in the long run. And so it was nice to see, even though Nora makes mistakes throughout this movie, that ultimately she makes the healthy choice and we see some level of emotional awareness and 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 being able to choose the healthy path forward rather than leaning into you know the high of an emotion and and choosing dysfunction again the mm-hmm. ball the bar is very very low but <laughs> it, it was it was nice to see that this movie like clears the bar it's it's not hitting the bar it it very clearly clears it uh and hopefully we can do better in the future Mm -hmm. but (laughs) and you know why the bar is so low because it's dramatic to see people fight it's so annoying it's dramatic to like get lost in the fantasy this movie is so boring in comparison the two men sit at a Mm -hmm. bar calmly and have a quiet respectful conversation you know like (laughs) that's great Yes, Only please. an A twenty four, like contemplative, slow, like this works because of that. You know, like the the big explosive confrontation um, in Ali and Noah in the Notebook, and then Lon and her mother showing up. Like, of course, that's more exciting to watch. It's it's a fireworks show, and this yeah, is- he built her a house, Jen. <laughs> Well, and then Lon comes storming through in his, like, military suit, you know? Like, where is she? Where is she? The mother? (laughs) It's so dumb. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, but it's... calm and respectful. Yeah. Which I... I don't know. I I am also just 800 years old in my soul. So, you know, a calm (laughs) conversation at a bar is way more exciting to me. Uh, But I, I, I think that we're seeing more and more films like this where where it's a little bit more true to life like we're not we're not into real life yet but we're 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 baby stepping our way there and i i think that's good that we're able to see these different types of relationships because like like we were saying before you you inhabit this story for a little bit and that shapes you and so I mm. feel like for so many years we've been shaped by these really, really toxic relationships that we spend time with in in movies and TV. And so to start to see more and more films that are about healthier relationships with, with very flawed human protagonists who make mistakes, but then are able to sort those out in a more healthy manner, I think is really, really good for us mm. because then we're modeling a better way of doing relationships that will hopefully help us, you know, reframe our own relationships and maybe borrow some things from these movies uh, and do things in a bit more of a healthy way. Hopefully. That's very true. Oh, that's so good. 
That's so good. We need it. We need it because we've got a slew of of uh, foundation laid of not so great examples of conflict management. Yes. Um, yep. Boundaries. Lack of commitment. Emotions. B- boundaries. Oh, yeah. <laughs> We got a lot. We got a lot of work to do. We got uh, a lot of undoing to do. But it is it is cool to see how yeah. how films are shifting and and we're getting more diverse stories. Uh, and I think that includes these different types of stories that frame relationships a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Another last thoughts about past lives. Uh. When they are uh, having that conversation in bed, uh, Arthur is sitting up with his like pillows piled and his head is resting against the wall. And then like he shifts down a little bit and you can see the wall where his head was. And then there's a little spot where you can see where his head was resting. There's like a little like dark circle where his head was resting against the wall. Uh, And it's literally all I could focus on. In that scene where I was From like, sweat? Okay. I don't know. I was like, did, oh. did you just like take a shower and your hair was wet? Were you sweating? Was this product in your hair? Like what is, what is this substance that is now on the wall from your hair? Cause I have questions, which was not the point of the scene, but no, that was a key scene. I know, but there was a spot on the wall. and so, just a sweaty dude. <laughs> honestly, it happens. I feel that. I get I it. That. I know. I mean, it's a very emotionally intense conversation. I would be sweating That's true. too. And, and maybe you sweat from the back of your head. Yes. <laughs> so really, that shot was meant to show Arthur's oh, humanity. Yeah. He too is a human. It's, it's, he's not a superhero. Contrary to popular belief. He is a human person. He is. He is. Which makes his superhero-like acts all the more impressive mm-hmm. because he is just a man. Yes. He sweats just like Too. you and I do. Yes. <laughs> so that is a key visual mm-hmm. component of this movie. Thank you for helping me to unpack that and better understand Arthur as a character from that spot on the wall. <laughs> By the way, the visuals in this scene, in this entire, not the scene, in this entire movie oh, are absolutely gorgeous. Stunning. We yeah. haven't had a chance to talk about that because I was just being spicy the whole time. But they are gorgeous. And and I feel like on a second watch, I think there's so many shots that would feel even more meaningful. Like this, I was, I had After Sun in my head a little bit because that film is so visually poetic. And I think that Past Lives is as well. Um, you know, there's, a, there's that shot of, um, Nora and Sung in front of a carousel mm-hmm. at the park. Yeah. And I was like, this is, that carousel is, you know, just emanating with meaning for these two childhood ex-friends, lovers. Um, and I think there's so many other scenes like that, but there's the, the slow visual pace, the score just really adds to the like atmosphere of this movie, which I think really worked for this sense of like nostalgia and fantasy and connection and contemplative all that stuff that is very much part of like the 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 atmosphere of the ambiance of this movie yeah what's so funny is I kept thinking about the farewell while watching this Mm. which should have clued me into the fact that you weren't gonna like this movie because you also had issues with the farewell so I should have been more prepared uh, (laughs) for this reflecting back on it uh the clues were there I just didn't put them together (laughs) (laughs) I now and the whole time this movie's happening I'm just like I want to love this I want to love this but I'm but I want to the desire was there yeah okay so if you ever watch it again think about the the notebook notebook. yeah that's maybe that's that's, key I'll watch the notebook right before this movie exactly Yes. And I'll just be so proud of every character in this movie. <laughs> just clapping the whole time. It's true. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Good it'll job, be, everybody. It'll be a great double feature. Good job. You, you start with frustration, and then you end with a little bit of hope for humanity. Yes. It's great. Yes. And, and I'll stop the movie when they're waiting for the Uber. 
like I'll just end the movie there. I'll just turn it off then. So they don't oh, have a conversation around their future perfect. lives. Right? That's, yeah. That seems great. Yeah, that's great. The, the movie mean... ends with them staring in at each other. Cut to credits. <laughs> great. Okay, we have a plan to turn this movie around for you. <laughs> All right. Well, this is our review and discussion of Past Lives. You can find it available to stream on a whole host of streaming platforms. Uh, available to rent, I'll, I'll mention. Available to rent or purchase. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Movies and Us. Our name sums it up. We're all about movies and the powerful ways we can connect with each other and the world around us. This podcast is about all of us and our shared stories. Everyone is welcome here, and we're so glad you hung out with us today. You can subscribe to this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you tune into your favorite shows. Drop us a rating and review, letting us know your thoughts about past lives. You can connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at MoviesInUsPod or email us at MoviesInUsPod at gmail.com. We will be back next week to discuss a filmmaking masterpiece, Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey, much anticipated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's been on our list for a while. Yeah, this is going to be a cinematic experience for sure. (laughs) This might be on your top 10 list for the end of 2023. Anything can happen. (laughs) So we we will see what this gem of a movie (laughs) is going to be. I mean, I always have a slot on my top 10 list for just like movies that are a great time that just had a lot of fun in. That's true. You know, so... Concrete Cowboy was on there one time. This might be the year for Winnie the Pooh and Honey. We'll we see. we will find out. We we will find <laughs> out. Is, is this going to live up to our expectations? We we will see. But this has been our on our two track mm-hmm. list for probably many months now. It's true. Since I can't remember. I think yeah. since February March. Yeah. yeah. So, so, wow, the time has come. The time has come. And it's perfect for spooky season. So spooky season. Here we yes. are. So if you too would like your childhood to be ru- ruined, <laughs> join us next week for a conversation about Winnie the Pooh and Honey. All right. We'll see you all next week.